Voice of St. Louis original podcast. This is the STL All Local Podcast. I'm Debbie Monterey with local stories from the KMOX newsroom for this Friday, June the 2nd. Good morning. I'm Scott Jagow. And I'm Debbie Monterey. A bill that would prohibit people from carrying guns openly in the city of St. Louis unless they have a concealed carry permit is being debated in the Board of Aldermen. The sponsor of that bill, Alderwoman Kara Spencer, tells the Public Safety Committee that even her own son was home alone when he saw someone in the street with an assault rifle. It is absolutely terrifying to call 911 at the request of your son who's home alone and to have the answer at the end of the line say we cannot do anything about that. Spencer says a similar law already on the books in Kansas City is in compliance with state gun laws. But some on the committee are concerned that this bill could be enforced more against black gun owners than white. Kevin Colleen, KMOX News. A bill outlawing celebratory gunfire has finally landed on the governor's desk. Blair's Law was named for 11-year-old Blair Lane of Independence, who died on Independence Day in 2011. It's taken a dozen years for lawmakers to finally carry the legislation through both the House and Senate. The bill imposes a Class A misdemeanor for the first offense of discharging a firearm into the air in a municipality. Subsequent offenses would be felonies. There's been a fatal shooting and the victim is 10 years old. St. Louis police responded to a report of a shooting around 1130 Thursday morning on Brantner Place in the Jeff Vanderloo neighborhood. They found a 10-year-old boy with a gunshot wound to the head and rushed him to a hospital in a squad car, but he died. Child abuse investigators were called in and a man was taken into custody. It's believed the shooting was accidental and self-inflicted. No identities have been released. Sean Michael Lyle, KMOX News. Two people are dead due to gun violence in the city overnight. St. Louis police say a man was shot in the view of City Hall at 13th and Chestnut. Happened around 9 o'clock last night. The other was just before midnight in the 1300 block of Bayard. A man was shot and later died at the hospital. Another shooting at Alaska and Taft around 545 yesterday. A 19-year-old shot on the leg. He is has survived. And at Greer and Marcus, a person shot in the face, taken to the hospital about 1215 this morning. That victim reportedly in critical but stable condition. Protesters outside City Hall raising questions about how the new police chief's salary is structured. Chief Robert Tracy gets $275,000 a year, including $100,000 coming from the St. Louis Police Foundation. Protester John Chanzoff says that's not right. And it's a huge conflict of interest. We always say, who do you protect? Who do you serve? Well, he can't serve everybody equitably in St. Louis and also have a side contract where he's obligated to the corporations of the city. The foundation is a nonprofit that gets money from St. Louis corporations and sports team owners. Tracy has said he's not beholden to anyone because the foundation made the deal with the city, not with him personally. His contract with the foundation calls for him to hold regular meetings with the community and his officers to improve, quote, transparency, accessibility and reputation of the department. Newly appointed St. Louis Circuit Attorney Gabe Gore is quickly drawing former employees back into the fold following the resignation of Kim Gardner. Among the latest to return, former lead homicide prosecutor Mary Pat Carl, 
who unsuccessfully ran against Gardner twice, Steve Capizzi, back as chief warrant officer, and a former first assistant circuit attorney from back in the 1970s is joining the team. Terry O'Toole worked with Gore in private practice. So what to make of this week's announced deal of an integrated health system? bringing together BJC in St. Louis and St. Luke's in Kansas City. This is a merger because both entities will remain their name, and they are both pretty large entities. There's no one swallowing the other, completely taking over. Dr. G. Bai is a professor of accounting and health policy at Johns Hopkins University. So that will give them a lot of leverage when they're negotiating with insurance company. And better leverage, she says, when purchasing items and seeking discounts with the bigger volume. Closing, which is subject to regulatory review and approvals, is expected to occur by the end of this year. Fred Bottomer, KMOX News. Now, the future of St. Louis. Michael Calhoun on innovation. Could this be possible? A killer AI already? The U.S. Air Force experimented with an artificial intelligence-enabled drone, and the computer decided to take matters into its own hands in a drastic way. Sound familiar? The system goes online on August 4th, 1997. Human decisions are removed from strategic defense. Skynet begins to learn at a geometric rate. It becomes self-aware at 2.14 a.m. Eastern Time, August 29th. In a panic, they try to That's from Terminator 2, but U.S. Air Force Colonel Tucker Hamilton, chief of AI test and operations, told the Royal Aeronautical Society that their simulation told the AI drone to ID and destroy certain sites with a go, no go from a human. But then the AI decided that the human was interfering with its higher mission and in this simulation, quote, killed the operator. So then they trained it not to kill the operator and it decided to destroy the communication tower used by the operator to give the drone instructions. These systems are trained in such a way that they always try to maximize the reward. That's how the baseline training algorithms work. So they are always going to find, you know, new ways, maybe unethical many times, to achieve their goal and maximize their reward. And that's exactly what's what's happening in in this case. Dr. Ankit Agrawal, assistant professor of computer science at St. Louis University, says it's kind of like ChatGPT's hallucinations, although if ChatGPT makes mistakes, it doesn't harm anybody. Michael Calhoun, KMOX News. Sunday is the Enjoy Illinois 300 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Joey Logano will look to defend his title after winning last year's inaugural running Kyle Larson is actually the favorite right now. But racetrack owner Curtis Francois says all the drivers gave positive reviews of last year's event. What we want for the drivers and the crews and the team owners is they come in to know that they have a new home on the circuit in St. Louis, somewhere that they look forward to each year. So I send them a little note prior to the race. I give them my uh, my selections for the best place to get uh, frozen custard and, uh, you know, best bartender, whatever it may be, so that they know when they come to St. Louis uh, that we are hospitable and there's so much great uh, things to do. 80,000 people expected to attend all the festivities this weekend. Today is Free Friday. There are concerts. Uh, experiences for fans, a lot going on, but it will be hot, so be prepared for that. Owen Strike springs a loose yeah! Miguel Perez, top <laughs> self! Oh, baby! <laughs> Miguel Perez is now the second youngest player to ever score a goal in Major League Soccer. He graduated from Pattonville High School the day before that goal. 
It was in Saturday's 3-1 win over Vancouver. Y98 broadcaster Dave Schilly on his ability. He's adapted his game so that he's kind of carved out his own his own spot. Uh, but he is versatile. He can he can get in front of goal, and when he gets in front of goal, he's, he's pretty lethal. I've seen him score a number of goals over his youth career. The Houston Dynamo are coming to City Park this Saturday. Opening kick is set for 7.30, pregame 7 o'clock on Y98. I'm Debbie Monterey. The STL All Local Podcast is produced by the KMOX News Team. Find all local news on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.